Welcome, listeners. It's Adrian here, and welcome back to the latest Arcade Attack podcast. We've got Rob in the house. How are you doing, Rob? Hey, hey, I'm doing okay. Good stuff. And James. Evening, ladies and gents. How are we? Good to no be. No longer, you know, no longer a special guest. You're part of the team now, I'd say. So thank you for coming back again. We 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 love having James here. Boomtown, loving it. The Jimbo, and and of course we couldn't do anything out without Dilsey. How are you doing, Dilsey? Well, you've been managing all right without me like lately, so don't worry about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this one. I'm here it, for this one. It was held with just like cellar tape and wishes half the time. About <laughs> kind words and yeah, sticky tape. <laughs> now nah, you guys did a MacGyver job on that, and I'm proud of you guys keeping it going. But yeah, all um, things need a break, huh? It does. And on that note, uh, we've got an announcement to make, and it's not an easy announcement. And um, we want to be honest with our listeners, so we're, I'm going to start with a little little speech. Then I'm going to pass it around the table, and then we're going to have a nice episode. So it's not all doom and gloom, and everyone's kind of you've probably got alarm bells ringing now. But we're going to move on to a nice episode on a friendly note. But we've been doing this podcast for I'd say over four years now, and we have really enjoyed Arcade Attack. It's been an unbelievable ride. And uh, I remember when Keith said, "Let's do a podcast." I was like, "What are you talking about? Do a podcast?" I listen <laughs> to podcasts. I don't do podcasts, but just thinking about it, it made sense. We got together, and I think apart from one week, we've released an episode pretty much every single week for the last kind of four years. It's been it's been great fun. We've um, we've grown unbelievably. Some of our numbers in our really early pods were quite quite small, and I know it's not about numbers, but we've we've got to a point now where we've uh, been downloaded a quarter of a mil- more than a quarter of a million times, and you, we don't get. I'm so proud of the podcast, but what I'm saying is, it's not been easy for the last few weeks and months on a personal level. Okay, um, we've been doing some recent episodes via Zoom. It's not quite the same for us, and I, I, I don't. I, I'll be honest with that to our listeners. It's not quite the same because we used to always meet up, uh, have a have a few drinks, have a chat in between podcasts. It was a laugh. It was an excuse to get together, and we loved it. And we still like doing the podcast, but we we think maybe now is the time to have a break, not to quit, not to throw in the towel, to re- recharge the batteries now. I am very, very passionate about coming back. So please don't take this announcement as, oh, I don't think, I think Adrian's a liar. I think it's gone forever. We will come back personally. And I'm happy for people to say, I don't agree with that. Dylan and Rob and James, for example. But I want to come back in these three conditions. Number one, we we have our COVID vaccine. Number two, we are allowed to legally meet up again in a room. And number three, we are fully 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 recharged fully motivated to give us the best to give our listeners the best ever episodes um and again i i I feel like this might come across a little bit um like big-headed but i know some people listening are going to be disappointed because they might like that's you're our weekly fix we we love your podcast and again i don't know why people listen to us half the time but people obviously do um and i i don't i don't want any of our listeners to um be too upset we need that little chance i think it'd be good for all of us when we come back we'll give you a better product so guys um it's sad and uh, you know we could keep going but we we don't want to release episodes that are not really <coughs> to the standards we want to give you so i'm sorry listeners i know it's a bit upset and i'm a bit upset by saying this i'm you know quite an emotional person really and arcade attack is part of my life but i do think a little break for all of us for different reasons it is the right thing to do okay and i'm going to pass on down to the rest of the team but please understand, 
you know it, we are here we're still going to be here in the background and we're going to come back with a huge huge bang in a few months time and I hopefully we can we can really give you the podcast you deserve because I love doing it uh, I know that our team loves doing it and I'm, I'm really happy actually I'm going to pass you James in a minute and James is someone I want to get involved in in future episodes so in a few months time James I I, I want to make him part of the team so James over to you mate I know you haven't been in too many episodes but what what is your opinion about this news well <clears throat> for me it's actually quite interesting because i remember i actually remember vividly to be fair um speaking to dylan some time ago about this website idea that he had and you know this this kind of subject matter and, and what was going on and, and what they were going to do and and i remember sort of keith talking about you talking about it. i remember hearing all about this and i thought what what a what an interesting idea i thought like how on earth do you get something like that sort of off the ground like i'd imagine because as with as with anything these days um in terms of media certainly podcasts and anything like that you you've really got to sort of stand out and you've really got to have great content and to, to get these things off the ground and lo and behold you know whisk forward a bit i'm listening to the podcast and it's it's a laugh it's informative you know having such a good time and it's and it's one of those things it, it's for me it was a very sort of um personal and real kind of like connection because you were listening going i remember that i remember doing that i remember beating that boss or i remember hearing that bit of music or i remember buying that game when you guys bought it and i remember having exactly the same problems and all this sort of thing and it's so relatable you know yeah and for me it's 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 very interesting because i've been on both sides i've been the listener i've been the consumer i've been the person who's who sat there and enjoyed podcast and then gone on to the social media and, and and then obviously to be invited as a special guest um and, and then obviously to um you know you guys sort of accept it's, it's, it's a i mean it's um well james your audio, is, it sums up the episode very well. Your audio James is, is kind of summing up why we're going on hiatus, I think, a little bit. <laughs> it's been up and it's like... Oh. It's gone robot. Is it, it's gone robot, it gone? isn't it? Has it gone? No, he's back. Yeah, you come back, mate. You come back now. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. So what I'll do, there we go. We'll do this. So, so yeah, I was just, like, just, to, just to refresh what I was saying, it's, it's so relatable. It's, it's, such a, it's such a great platform and it's so different. And, you know, yes, there's loads of sort of retro things around, but you've just got... Uh, a real connection with the audience, I think. And for me to then bring sort of all my memories and all of all of the stuff that I remember doing, you know, through my childhood and, and you know, saving up pocket money to get consoles and, and, and games, all that sort of stuff. It, that's what it's all about. And it's about sharing those memories and enjoying all of that. And to do it with you guys and have a laugh at the same time, wicked. Top draw, man. So, you know, it, it, I can see why we need the break. I can see why you need the break. Um, and, you know, it's weird times. It's strange times. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it's got to be done. And like you say, back bigger, better and with a bang. So looking forward to it. And Dylan, the founder and the boss, the gaffer of Arcade Attack. <laughs> um, ish, I'd say. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, that, I remember obviously ch chatting to James about this. And I, I had to give J James a, a fair bit of thanks with this because he was very active on sort of facebook and stuff kind of telling like his mates and his workmates and obviously andy who's like what you know like but of ours now and listen to the show and you know so he's kind of like you know our our kind of our first listeners a lot of them were like james's contacts you know and you can't 
that kind of word of mouth and things, it all starts, you know, from 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 small seeds, isn't it? You just water the seed and then see how see how it goes. And uh, and it has really kind of taken off lately. But it is this whole remote podcasting thing. It was always a stopgap, you know. It was always like, okay, the country will, you know, they'll sort themselves out. It will sort it. It didn't. It didn't. Okay, we're still doing this, and it's just not, you know. I've I've listened back to you know all the podcasts that you know I I edit the podcast and and it's just that, that that kind of that that same kind of camaraderie it does kind of come across but we don't feel it like I don't feel the same doing it this way as when I've got the boys round you know we've got a few beers on the go and you know we can you know you know everyone can just chill out that there's you know even with this remote podcasting thing there's so many things you know we're all worrying <clears> about and it's just you know, we need to bring the fun back. And I think we do need a bit of a break. There are loads of things we're going to refresh about this to the show, the website, the social media stuff. You know, all of it is going to be taken up a notch, but it does need time. We need a little bit of time to, to kind of get our heads around that. And it is a good time, you know, it's a good time to say, well, come on, you know, eight, let's let's get Adrian's three conditions met. Then let's get back in a room and then let's get going. So, yeah, that's that's where I am. And I've got to thank everyone for like persisting with us and, you know, listening to us week on week. And, you know, I'm I'm sorry that we have to kind of take this break. I know, you know, like Adrian said, I think a lot of you do look forward to our chats and Adrian's interviews, especially. But it's yeah, it's got to a point where I think we just need to kind of like step away a little bit. But we will be back. We will be bigger. And it will be and it it will be we'll, we'll all be better for it. Thank you. And, and obviously, before I pass you to Rob, I just want to say that Keith obviously uh, has the same feelings. He He's working hard in the background on some music pods. He's sad to take a break, but I think he agrees with us. And, and Kev as well. Good old Kev. <laughs> he, he, that, 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 you know, he's the oil behind the, the whole, the, 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 the surface. <laughs> um, but he's... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, good old Kev. Kev says we wish you all well, but finally, let's pass to Rob before we get on with the episode. So, Rob, please. Uh, yeah, uh, regular Arcade Attack listeners slash social media followers will remember that we were trailing uh, what was going to be around the 200th episode. It was going to be a drunken mailbag episode, which never actually got broadcast. And Adrian, give me a thumbs up if this is correct. It's been deleted. Has the recording been deleted? Uh, it's, it's been on, saved. It's, it's been saved. <laughs> okay, okay, basically, what happened with that was uh, it was a me- It went off the rails in a big way. Um, it was a mess for. It was on broadcastable mess for about two hours, and then uh, me and Kev got into a, a bickering argument for ten minutes of one of the questions. Then Keith hung up. Then I had a literal emotional breakdown during the recording. I thought, hey, maybe maybe a we shouldn't put out this out the way it is. And maybe B, we should maybe think uh, of taking some time out to refresh our battery. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say that it was that episode that kind of made me finally think of this, but it was, it the, the cracks a little bit. I think because every, because every, all you guys were plastered, I mean, for, for starters, and I think everyone's going to be intrigued to hear it. When it, when we eventually release it years oh, from now, um, it, 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 yeah, it Dylan, will, uh, that could be our it will send a few episode, tremors. That could be our so final what? episode. That our final ever episode. That could be it. What do you reckon? <laughs> what the one, the one, what the one before the world goes boom? Yeah, one um, song. This one song. So, episode. so anyway, as I was saying, uh, yeah, I think like you know we don't really kind of put out there a lot on social media, but I think each of us, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think probably all of us have had maybe a lot of kind of things going on behind the scenes in terms of work and or family over the past few months, and that combined with not actually being able to make to actually meet up makes it I think more difficult for us to a make all the calls and b actually dedicate ourselves to preparing it in the right way and actually putting it together in a way that we think is something genuinely really good. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, Keith, I think, and you, Dill, have not really been on massively all the time recently and no, I, don't know. Man. I mean i've had all kinds of stuff going on like you could write a book I, dylan <laughs> i think i sort of our closest like buds of the show kind of know I've, I've i've told them but you know split up split up with the missus and then um she's like broken a knee so i'm kind of like back in looking after them so i can't like be around my so i'm, I'm podcasting um like from my phone and <laughs> it's you know it's yeah so i've got all of that going on and yeah so that yes that's, yeah that so, that needs time but hopefully and obviously when we pick this all up again then that can be put to a side so my, my kind of personal thing will be will be resolved hopefully yeah then, so it's essentially i think like we are in a position right now where we feel like we can really give our whole selves to this, which I think we always have traditionally. And mm -hmm. I think what we really need to do is take a few months out, uh, take some time to dream it all up again, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I just want to sign off by saying, you know, that uh, <clears throat> we've come, you know, we've come, we have come so far. We're doing this, and we reached so high. We've looked each day and <laughs> night in the eye, and we're still so young, and we hope for more. And you will get more, Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow. Tune. And now on to today's episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, there's there's probably some listeners still thinking, is this the end of our Attack podcast? Is this the final episode ever? And I, I nah. will say to you, probably not. Probably. <laughs> well, look, if it is, you can call me a liar because this is part one. This episode is part one of a part two. So I purposely. <laughs> Oh, I'm such a scallywag, aren't I? I'm it's my olive branch slash being a scallywag or a, a rap scallion because this is part one of the weirdest, craziest list of consoles out there. So nice, the, yeah. See what I've done there, Dylan. So it's almost like I a guarantee. That's all you did, mate. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's almost a guarantee that we have to carry on. Like, oh, yeah. oh, you, you little scamp! What are you gonna do? Um, so what my point is, we're going to look at the craziest consoles to ever hit the market. Now, our peripherals uh, episodes were quite popular. We looked at some crazy <coughs> peripherals, and um, I did 10 in each episode. But I think as these are consoles, they deserve a little bit more time. I'm going to cover the, the five crazy consoles today. And in a few months' time, we'll cover the next five. What do you reckon, guys? Is that a fair, is that a fair olive branch for our listeners? Leave it on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kick off, though, because it's not going to be in my list officially, but there was some big news recently with the KF console, the KFC console, the KF console. Chicken warmer. Exactly. Wait a minute. Recently? I thought it was weeks ago. <laughs> Months ago, actually. It's all relative. Uh, Depends on the Rob, stop giving it away. I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Right, so... Um, <laughs> The KFC console, the KF console, really, because the C, you, you know what it means, was actually a bit of a, people thought it was a joke. People thought this is some sort of weird meme or April Fool's joke, but it's actually true. Um, KFC are going to launch, excuse me, a gaming console that actually warms up the chicken. 
Uh, I've got a quote here from KFC. It says here, the chicken chamber will keep its contents hot, ready for consumption during intense gaming sessions. <laughs> the chicken you chamber? Eating? You couldn't make it up. I know. And it's, How is that a console, not a peripheral? No, no. Chicken chamber. No, and it's actually a real console. The mach- Here's some more. The company said the console was designed by a global hardware maker and could play top-level games like other gaming machines. Here's another quote by Mark Cheevers from KFC. He says this. This machine is capable of running games at top-level specs, all on top of keeping your meal warm for you to enjoy during your gaming experience. What's not to like? Question mark. Yeah, because uh, KFC are well known. They've got a great track record in uh, the specs of gaming consoles and knowing what can run. Hey, exactly. like, you're being unfair. I think the KFC gaming console would be every bit as big a hit as the Soldier Boy console. <laughs> you've ruined. Soldier Boy console. You've ruined. Is that, is that in the list? Episode. Not in this. You've ruined my future list in, in a few months. <laughs> Rob! Um, I love this. Mark Cheevers is a bit of a, uh, he's a cheeky chappy because he, he says here, if Sony or Microsoft want any tips on how to engineer a chicken chamber for their efforts next time, they'd be welcome to get in touch. And I'm sure he'd done a little winky face after that. Can you imagine? How, how cheeky is this guy, you know? Um, <laughs> we don't know how much it's, it's going to cost. We don't know when it's going to be released. What games is it going to play even? Like, who's uh, even going to release games on it? <laughs> well, there could be chicken-related games such as... Um, You can't think of any. Is there any? No, there's there. There must be some. There must be chicken there run related games. Chicken run. Chicken run the game. Chicken this is run not a break, ladies and gentlemen. I'm chicken pretty sure run. Chicken Run was on the Dreamcast, but all right. Yeah, Chicken Run the video game remastered, extra levels. Pretty sure there uh, are many egg egg related games. There is. There's all the Disney game games will be there. on it. Yeah, all the all the Disney games will be on it. Yes, exactly. Um, I love this. He finishes by saying, we all know the console war is vicious, but we're confident in the KF console as our flagship entry. What uh, you like, no, what I reckon? I reckon it's all fake. There's no way they're going to release anything ever. So it's a social media stunt to, to pull in gullible people. Not that, like, I'm, April not, that I, I'm, not that I'm like kind of putting you in that like bracket, Adrian, but there's no way there's ever going to be released as a real console. Um, could I ask a question? If you could release a console and it had to contain a food container to keep a certain food warm or even cold, what food or what would you choose? Obviously a beer cooler. Beer fridge. Oh, yeah. Beer fridge. Maybe Carlsberg needs to release it. The best console ever. The Heiner the Hein- the console. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, if, 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 if KFC did release it, it'd obviously be like, it, it, well, I say obviously, it could be a flop. So it could be like the new Jaguar. So you'd have to buy one because it'd be collectible in like, you know, goodness knows how many years. Just don't leave your chicken in it. I mean, it's that logic that got uh, Marvel to sell a million copies of the first X-Men comic in the 90s. There you go. And that, and that comic is is one of the most valuable. No, I can't do it. It's one of the least valuable comics of all time. Everyone bought it. You have to manufacture it in limited numbers then. Mate, manufacturing limited numbers, and then you go, then you're good to go. Like how how big did you think the run was going to be for the KFC console? I don't know, oh, man. You better, oh, you better take like five million off the mark because that's going to be stupid. <laughs> if they make it in the millions, I'm not buying it. If they make it in the hundreds of thousands, then I'm then I'm interested. interested. I'd be interested. Can you imagine? But like again, the, it needs. Uh, no, I was it say the needs book, to the book console. 
It needs to not be second hand because if some if you get it second hand and someone's <laughs> left their chicken in it from goodness knows when, oh. then that's that's going to be rank. Can you imagine but, the greasy yeah. controllers? Oh, afterwards. <laughs> oh, the, it's just. It's just a bad idea. Like you can't just go to your kitchen to heat up your chicken. I mean, come on. I mean, just yeah. But I mean, I'm not anyways. being funny. I'm not being funny. There, there's they must have a they must have a public health warning on there for blooming salmonella for God's sake. I mean, warm chicken. <laughs> so also, it's probably just... not all, all cooked and cold. But also, why would it you? It does sound like a social media ruse, and it's actually quite a good one because the game, you know, the, the gaming presence on social media is flipping massive. So it, it's probably just a bit of a ruse, but. Wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good just to have one just for just for a laugh? Can you imagine finally a new a new entry into the console wars has turned up? It's not Sega. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the underdog KFC. They come back. No, Actually, that's it's the plot twist. That's the plot twist. They've made it with Sega. That's the plot twist. Sega was releasing Ooh. a new console. Is it? That's it. It could be. Could be a little 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 tidbit for KFC because I always tell my kids this when I teach them about um, business and whatnot. If you go into KFC. Ask for a Coca-Cola. <laughs> they hate it. They've been told, staff have been trained apparently to say, if you ask for Coca-Cola, do you mean Pepsi? Because Pepsi... Do you mean Pepsi? Yeah, Pepsi actually owns KFC. You've got Pepsi. We don't sell Coca-Cola. We actually only sell Pepsi because Pepsi actually owns KFC. Technically, Pepsi is a bigger company than uh, than, than Coca-Cola. Pepsi owns That's true. That's true. So it's a Pepsi console officially. It's not really a KFC console. Anyway, should we move on? That was my kind of like opening to the episode. Should we move on to um, five of the craziest consoles to ever hit the market? Yes, please. That wasn't one of them. No, I just that's my kind of oh, opening. Wow. All right, go. It's not hit the yeah, market yet. He hasn't hit the market, Dylan. Come on. Down. In at one. <laughs> In at number ten, because we're going down the list. James. Oh, we're going down the list. I've done it again. In at ten. Remember, remember, we do not do rank systems at Arcade Attack. It's just a randomly selected number 10, yeah? Yes, because life is random and cruel, and why shouldn't we be random and cruel? Exactly. But I'm still on a bit of order, so I won't go down the list in numer numerical order, but still. At number 10, I've got the Pioneer Laser Active, which I think, Rob, you might have mentioned in your episode with um, Dragon's Lair. I think you might have mentioned it, truthfully. The Laser Active is a funny-looking machine. I don't know if you've seen it. I, I did send a few pictures. Um, it is a converged device and a fourth-generation home video game console, and it is capable of playing laser discs, compact discs, console games, and LDG karaoke discs. How, how crazy is that? I'm guessing I must have had a massive file drawer to play both karaoke discs and laser discs. Well, we'll talk about it a bit later because you've got these kind of add-ons. They call them packs. So you can add on and play these extra things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. You can, it, so yeah, it was released by Pioneer Corporation 993. And in addition to laser uh, active games, uh, you could buy separate add-on modules called packs, PAC, PACs, by Pioneer. And these packs could accept Mega Drive or Genesis games, PC Engine games, and also like cd-roms as well so you could you could kind of almost buy additional disk drives and one of them could play mega drive games pretty cool eh? yeah man this sounds amazing and i've got a, it sounds so good it must have been terrible to for it not to have been a success how much do you reckon they sold it for in dollars in 1993 oh actually yeah that's probably the reason i'm going to say between six and eight hundred somewhere around that 500. mark uh, dollars. So D James says five hundred. Yeah. How about you, Dilsey boy? Yeah, I reckon James is right. Five hundred dollars. I reckon. I mean, looking at the thing, and I've seen a few of them because 
Um, Simon, obviously, wizard, the wizard, Egan, who does all this stuff, these things break a lot. And he's always got about like two or three on the go trying to fix them. And they look they they look awesome, but they there's a whole lot of kit there. So I reckon it must have been about five hundred dollars. It's well, gotta be expensive. I think the Pioneer Laser Active model, the CLD A A one hundred, which is which only can play the laser discs, I think. Not not the additional packs. It was released yeah. it was released in nineteen ninety three for nine hundred and seventy dollars. Just taking the Mickey man. No yeah. wonder no one bought one. Oh you know what? Like God. as soon as you both said five hundred, and I saw Adrian's reaction, I just thought mentally it's got to be higher than even what I said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, like I said, guys, I'll go for a bit more. You can obviously booster and uh, and improve your system by getting these additional packs. And oh, there's actually um five. One, two, three. Yeah, I've got five here. Well, kind of six. Actually. No, it is five. Yeah, five packs you can get. So Sega pack. Which allows you to play any, not not just some, but any Mega Drive game. Um, love that. Um, hey, hey, quick question. Yeah. The, 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 the controller in the picture obviously looks quite familiar in terms of design. Yeah. Um, did it come with other controllers for these other packs, or was it just the that was the Pioneer controller? How would you it describe looks, it? It looks like a. Uh, well, let's be honest. It's a very Sega-y type. It does. Controller. I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I don't know. Maybe that is the packing controller, but they look very similar to the mm. Mega Drive looking film. It looks almost as big as the PS5. Yeah, the one you look. Yeah, the, the, and actually, that's about <clears> the additional things lumped on top of it. Yeah, it's pretty. I've, again, we can't see it with scale, but regarding the controller, it looks pretty big, actually. You know, like I said, guys, we've got the Sega pack, the NEC pack, which allows you to play any NEC CD-ROMs or Super CD uh, games. Um, I think these these includes the Laserdisc format. Uh, there's also a karaoke pack. How cool is that? It allows you to play laser karaoke titles. I would love that, but surely it must be really difficult to actually get hold of karaoke discs. You would... Well, I... I Rob loves a bit of karaoke. Who knew? Love it. Man, who, who knew? Everyone who's ever met me. <laughs> okay. I, was going, I was going for that sarcasm thread again. <laughs> it was like, so. I was sorry, Rob. Do you know what would be amazing about this? If it's 1993, it was made in Japan. It's got to be like the old style karaoke disc where you actually have music videos for each karaoke song. Like if it's a love song, you have like this couple kind of walking hand in hand through a park. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, magnificent. Oh, I remember those. Oh, so good. And uh, there's also a computer interact interface pack as well. And it allows you to remote control a kind of PC or Mac on your console. That's pretty good, isn't it? And my final thing, which you could argue is not really a pack, really, but you can get 3D goggles. And you can attach. These are used for only a few 3D games that are released for the system. Um, but apparently, they're very, very, very similar to the goggles made for the... They're actually compatible with the Sega Master System. Do you remember those 3D, 3D goggles for <laughs> the Master System? Yeah. They're yeah, interchangeable they're really rare I know, so I don't know if you can just use it on both systems or just one or the other, but that's pretty crazy. But there's not many games uh, the, the 3D Gorgs can be used for. I've got a little list here. We've got something called 3D Museum, uh, Vajra 2, Ooh. Virtual <laughs> Cameraman 2. Vajra, Vajra. B-A-J-R-A, <laughs> thank you very much. I know, Vajra. Sorry. Sorry. So that's how it's <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual camera themes, adult themes. 
Hang on, hang on. What was that? Vadra followed by virtual cameraman. This is just, this is yeah. this, this downward spiral here. Followed by Dr. Paolo no Totioki video. Uh, That's easy for you to say. Goku and 3D <laughs> Virtual Australia was released oh. in 1996. Um, pretty crazy. I think that was the last software title, 3D Virtual Australia, in 1996. Pretty crazy. Do you know what this console um, looks like? Looks like haven't looked at it for the last five or ten minutes. Yeah. Looks like a cross between an old-fashioned VCR. An old-fashioned car stereo, you know, like the one you used to be able to actually take out mm-hmm. of the car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looks like cross between those two and Hal from two thousand and one. Nice. Yes. It's immense. That's probably what they were going for. Yeah. Exactly. I kind of what going for. I did a bit of searching about what which are the best games in the system. I've got a little list here. I've got here Road Prosecutor. Have you heard about this game? <laughs> it sounds amazing. Wait, Road or Rogue? Because road. either would be great. Road. But, Road. Road apparently, it's a port of the arcade game Road Blaster. It's another interactive movie-based game. Yes, please. Um, I, I've got mm-hmm. a feeling, Rob, you've mentioned this game before, and you may, you know, please say if you did or not. But another game called Time Gal. Yes, Time Gal is like Dragon's Lair, Big but go. like with a woman, and and it's like it's super Japanese and anime. And she kind of travels through time, and it's like Dragon's Lair, and that you have to like kind of press the right button at the right time. I and if you don't, then she on, dies um, in a load of really visually interesting ways. Yeah, I mentioned it. I think briefly on one of our Mega CD Jag CD episodes because I'd started playing it, and I was going to put the Mega CD away, so it looked okay. Um, it got really good reviews, I think. Actually. Yeah, it's, it's well, one of the best games on this console, apparently. Yeah. So, yeah, but anyway, we'll have to wait uh, maybe a few months for another Jag CD Mega CD episode. <laughs> That's what everyone's waiting for, Dylan. That's what everyone's going, we That's want Jag what, CD. It, it's not the second part of this. Yeah, it's just Adrian and Dylan blabbering away about CD peripherals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another good game, apparently, is called something called Tri- Triad Stone. Again, very similar to Dragon's Lair. The game consists of mostly watching an anime, an anime movie and pressing the corresponding arrows. Don't know much more about it than that. <laughs> and then, actually, so, guys, yeah, go on. How would you pronounce V A J R A? Because you took the mic on me earlier. Vajra. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> just because it's funnier. I think oh, they probably Vira. Apparently, this is the best game on the system. They say it's the best game on the console. It's a first-person rail shooter where you shoot down enemies on a cool FMV background. Um, lots of boss rushing, flying mechas. Um, you know, it's apparently supposed to be, it's a system exclusive as well. So if you want to play this game, which I can't pronounce because it sounds a bit rude. Um, well, no, that was a great idea. Like, system exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you're being rude, but I want to play it. Um, how many consoles were sold? I've got a little number here. 15,000. James? Mm, 25,000. 25,000. And Dillsy Boy? 50,000. Sorry, I'm just being cheeky. Yeah, 50,000. No one got it spot on, but Rob was the closest. Apparently, only 10,000 were sold, so they're quite rare. Wow. Yeah, Dylan, uh, sorry, Rob's got it. So there you go, the, the Pioneer Laser Active. I mean, it's an interest. I think it goes for a lot of money now. I think it's very interesting, especially with all the diff- additional pack units. Um, if you could choose any of those pack units, which one would you choose uh, the most? Dylan, Mega Drive 1. Oh, you're Oops. about a doubt. 
I already had a Mega Drive, so I'm going to go with karaoke all the way. Do you imagine how amazing <laughs> it would be to have a home karaoke system? I imagine there was a microphone that came with it, or two microphones, I hope. But no, come I on, it would be like, ah, just even imagining it. It's like, <laughs> you have all your friends. Slash, I think Rob needs know, a like, moment to himself. <laughs> you, have yeah. like, you have all your friends, slash special, slash special friends, around your house. And like, <laughs> you have like the big screen, you have like the big screen on the background. And you're like, oh, excuse me, I'm just gonna put my little karaoke pack into my, like, uh, <laughs> my laser how much did it cost? Thousand dollar Pioneer, like, kind of. Yeah, about thousand. Yeah. But like, Rob, Rob, I... is that is is that um, is that exclusively on the premise of the background with the couple holding hands, walking along whilst just singing? Yes. <laughs> I know, like, I know not everyone can afford such a thing, but I'm a man of means. I'm a man of the world. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> as you know, as you all know, and then it's like, kind of queued up and go. Hey baby, this one's for you. Well, oh. <laughs> deal. Like you can't see it right now, but Dylan's is like D D he's not even aware he's doing it. Dylan is like cut it's like taking off layers right now. <laughs> hearing about this. It's like, just too much, man. It's just too much. Well, I think after this episode, our listeners will need a bit of a break after that sort of thought. Could you imagine? <laughs> well, Steam we the yeah, probably. <laughs> Do you want to hear number nine on my list? Yes, please. Go. Oh, go, Have go. you heard of the Super Lady Cassette Vision? What? No, no. Let's hear all about amazing. it. Well, we're, let me introduce, let me backtrack a little bit. We're, we're talking about the Super Lady version in a minute. But the Super Cassette Vision is a home video game, com game console made by Epoch Company, or Co, released in Japan uh, in 1984. And also in Europe but really specifically in France. So, you know, it was apparently really big in France. It was the success like of the, the best things. Yeah, that's true. We like, we like, we like our French listeners. Um, it was a, it was a successor to the very, very successful cassette vision, which apparently competed with, uh, Nintendo's family computer and Sega's SG 1000 line in Japan. I don't know much about those particular consoles or computers, but apparently that sounds like a really stiff competition there. <laughs> cassette, no, but the cassette vision was actually really Epoch's original cassette vision in 1981. So we're going back a little bit before we get to the the, the lady version. It, it, it had 70% of the Japanese home console market, and it sold 400,000 units, which is pretty impressive in 1981. Um, wow. Obviously, when Nintendo came in, uh, Sega came in with the, the NES and Mega uh, Mars system. They released an updated version called the, uh, uh, you know, called the Super Cassette Vision, eight-bit processor. Okay, apparently it was a better performance uh, and more in line with its competitors. Pretty strong stuff. It had, but unfortunately, when they released it, they had a hard time countering the dominance of Nintendo. They could, you know, Nintendo came in, they kind of took control of the market. So. In 1985, they decided, and I think it's slightly ahead of the time, and I don't want to sound sexist, they decided to uh, release a console dedicated to the female market. Have you seen a picture of it, guys? Yeah, yes, it's very, very pink. pink. You show me. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah that's, Michael. yeah, it's very it's, sexist, but, uh, It's pink, it's nice. pink. <laughs> and, but... A little bit like um, when Cheetah Man released, uh, no, sorry, Action Infinity released Cheetah Man. They wanted a, a, a real big game, a female orientated game linked to it. Do you want to hear the, what it's called? They also oh, released a game called Rene Van Dow Horoscope Milky Princess. Sorry? Sounds very Japanese. Milky Princess. For, oh, yeah. God. Um, 
But the game was designed towards female gamers. It was a platform game, actually a very good game. Apparently, it's, it's got good reviews. Um, so yeah, released in 1985, the Super Lady Cassette Vision is the first console to be specifically marketed for girls. And it's also a limited edition console as well. It's not a huge amount made of them as well. Actually, it's a limited edition at the time. What do you guys think of that? Do you think they were clever? Do you think it was a little bit sexist, or do you think it was a silly idea? I mean, I I quite respect it in a funny way. I think it's quite. You know clever. what? Do you know what? I think I think that's a. I think you got to give them credit for having balls for, to go for something like that, because if no one else was doing that, they probably knew they couldn't match Nintendo, and they were thinking, right, what can we do? And you know, I'd say I'd say all credit to them. You know, maybe it didn't pan out, but. You know, it, I'd, I'd say I'd say pat on the back for that one. Yeah, I think it was phenomenally stupid, and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, no, but I'll tell you why. I'm, I'll expand on that. Go on, then. <clears throat> like you're basically putting out a product that alienates almost all of your core, like kind of base of users. And I don't mean like by alienate. I mean this is the mid '80s. It's not like 2020. Like if you if you basically have something that's ultra pink. It's basically kind of saying to every kind of male you like kind of potential customer, no thank you, <laughs> we don't need your custom. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's so transparently patronizing, it's probably <laughs> going to turn off every, or pretty much every female user at the same time who would actually be a proper gamer. I, just, I don't really see what the target market is for this. It does not Ooh. work for me at all. So James yeah. is for it, Rob is against it. Dylan, you've got to decide. I'm it. with Rob on this. Yeah, nah. <laughs> it just, no, 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 no. Um, it's like I said, it's completely pink. It's got its own original logo as well. They made a logo just for this particular limited edition console. And it, the packing game was, uh, the Milky Princess game. There you go. Um, I've got here 30 games were available. I'm not completely sure if that's just for this. It must be for the whole, uh, super cassette visions. It wouldn't just be 30 games for the, 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 the lady version, the girl version. But, um, yeah, 30 games were made in Japan. Only 16 of those games will reach the European market. So not a huge amount of games on the console. And unfortunately for Epoch, their, their time in the console market, I think, slowly diminished. But, you know. Slowly diminished? Quickly diminished. Quickly diminished. <laughs> it's quite in, a bit, they it's gave quite, it a whirl. Give them credit. It's quite interesting. I think it's a good <laughs> bit, bit of history. And uh, in a weird, I, I actually kind of side with James a bit more. I, I know it comes across a little bit patronised and a little bit, you know, arguably sexist. But why not? Why not try something, you know, a bit different? You know, half the population are female. You know, yeah. they, they realised they were losing to Nintendo. Let's try something a bit crazy. And, you know, I, I respect them for doing something a little bit different, if I'm being completely honest. Well, to be, to be fair, did they really have a choice? Because... Were, were they going to they weren't going to match nintendo so what was the other option it was crazy idea or in the bin okay ended up being in the bin anyway but you know you've got to give these things a go isn't it bingo bingo and actually the game like i said the packing game is, is actually quite highly regarded as a platform game um guys are we ready for number eight on the list yeah yeah Arguably retro, arguably not, but you know, tomato, tomato. I think it's just about retro. In 2006, Mattel released their own games console. Have you heard about this, guys? When they active, when they active in the 80s, or have I just hallucinated that? <laughs> Mattel. Didn't Mattel experiment with consoles in the 80s? Did they do some research? I, no, I'm, I'm sure that we covered this in one of the weird 80s episodes I did, whether it was The Wizard or something like. It was definitely like a weird retro 80s episode where I'm pretty sure Mattel came up. Okay. Oh, didn't but, they, weren't they involved in the Power Glove? Am I talking rubbish? Yeah, no, I think it may have been the Power Glove, yeah. 
But uh, tell us about the 2000s Mattel console. Well, it's called the Hyperscan. One word. <laughs> it's called one. It's one word, not two. One word. Hyperscan. And it's a really, you know what? It, it looks stupid, uh, but in a weird way, I quite respect it. In a funny way, it is. It is a home video game console made by obviously Mattel. It used radio frequency identification RFID along with traditional video game technology. Um, the console used UDF format CD-ROMs. So the Hyperscan had two control ports. Um, it had a 13.5 megahertz RFID scanner that reads and writes to the cards, which in turn activate features in and save data from the game. So you can use these cards uh, as sort of additional add-on characters and, and I think new levels and you can save the game. So I think you, you bought the games, there's, there's not many games, to buy the games in a minute, but you could buy additional cards to kind of top up those games. A little bit like, I don't know, FIFA, where you can sort of buy those, you know, or Skylanders when you bought the characters. Um, yeah, so players are able to enhance the abilities of their characters by scanning cards. And these the games retailed at about $19.99, so not too much. And the console itself was only $70 at launch. Um, wow. But that's expensive in the games. No, it's 2006. That would have been 70, 70 oh, like 40 quid. Console. Gee yeah. whiz. Yeah, and uh, apparently it had a very well. It had a very short lifespan, and towards the end, uh, the games were about ten dollars. Uh, no, actually, the price of the system was down to ten dollars, and the games were about two dollars. Uh, and the booster packs, the cards, were were, were going for like ninety nine, uh, like one dollar basically. Um, towards the end, so it was hugely, hugely unpopular. But this is quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. But no, this is the interesting bit. In, in an attempt to cash in on the trading game craze at the time, and also this this is interesting. Replicate the success of the uh, Barcode Battler, which is an interesting console. Mattel mm. sold trading cards uh, that you could load new characters and abilities into your said games. Um, and there was two varieties of the console. There was a cube version with a two-player value pack. Uh, that the cube version. Uh, was sold in stores and there was also and it also got the boxing x-men game as well with six x-men cards we'll talk about them in a little bit more in detail um uh, two... age by the way like i was looking up why you were kind of talking yeah, about yeah. that yeah, the television it. was mattel television that was mattel Oh, you got me. Well, fair enough then this is a second slice of the pie then actually uh, apparently they've had many game platforms oh really wikipedia yeah very good. Okay. Uh, yeah, go on. There was also a two-player value pack where you where you also bought an extra controller and twelve additional X-Men cards. So you could buy the uh, the cube value pack or the two-player value pack. But it was discontinued in 2007 due to poor console sales. Um, it is featured by PC World magazine as one of the worst systems ever made. Okay, it's wow. top ten. Um, the games for the, the system, like I said, were sold for $20, and there's not many games in there. <laughs> um, and actually, interestingly, these booster packs, these cards, because everyone, you know, sometimes you'd love all the cards, they're randomized. So, you, you know, there's no certainty that you, the cards you bought would have the, the things you want. You would get some, like, duplicates quite often. There's only five games made for the, for the console with two cancelled games uh, do you want to have a guess on any of the games? I told you one, X-Men. I think the, the, the others are quite similar vein, to be honest. Uh, if it's Mattel, I'm going to guess there might be a Barbie game in there. Unlucky, no, no Barbie. Toy game. Story. Unlucky. No, no. they didn't have the, that's Disney. They didn't have the Disney rights. Um, uh, but, but, uh, Mr. Potato Head's Mattel. 
I was like, all right, <laughs> Mr. Fair. Potato Head then. <laughs> no, that's not Wait a minute, this is 2006, did you say? Yeah. I'm going to go for a Harry Potter game. No. Um, I've got here, Ben 10 was one of the big games. Um, and a, <laughs> this is terrible, you know, there was 80 additional sort of characters or unlockable things you could get um, with the cards. So you had to, you know, you had to buy a lot of cards to un- unlaunch all the games. So it was a size scrolling platform, apparently. There was also a game called Interstellar Wrestling League, which is a fighting game. Uh, again, 54 cards released for that. Marvel Heroes was, again, a side scrolling platformer. 70 cards released for that. Uh, Spider-Man, another side scrolling platformer. 59 cards were released. And the packing game, X-Men, which I think is the best game in the system by quite a distance, uh, 56 cards could be used. So loads, even though the console is quite cheap, and even though the cards are relatively cheap, you know, it, it would cost you a lot of money, hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars to get the whole complete set. Man, it's like Marvel were already in this in a big way. Yeah. Three three of the five games? Was yeah. it five games or Yeah, so X Men, Spider Man and Marvel Heroes, yeah. 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 And two games that weren't released. The first one was Avatar, the last airbender. Uh, no one knows how many cards were going to be released for that. And the final one is Nick Extreme Sports. Imagine having <laughs> Imagine having an Avatar the last airbender thing that was even worse than the film. Could it was so imagine? bad they couldn't even release it. I c I can't even imagine. How about Nick Extreme? Yeah. I think Nick Extreme Sports would have been the game changer. Like Nickelodeon? <laughs> is it I'm Nickelodeon? Not... No, it's just called Nick Extreme. I'm not exactly sure what it means. Maybe it, it is must Nickelodeon. be Nickelodeon. Oh, maybe then, yeah. Um, yeah, so guys, the X-Men game, got a little bit of detail here, was a fighting game which two characters face off against each other, obviously, both swimming in a street fighter. Um, it's the only game on the system rated T for teens. So you have to be a teenager to play that game. Um, but like, like I said, instead of a character select screen, you use cards to select your characters. So I guess if you didn't have the right card, you can play all the characters. Man, that sounds really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, and let's be honest, it's not as if it was at this point you go, "Wow, finally, like the chance to play an X Men slash Marvel films, say Marvel themed beat 'em up." It's it's amazing no one came up with this idea before. Oh wait a minute. Like, <laughs> how would you describe the look of it though because it is a weird looking thing isn't it it's just very Mattel isn't it yeah it's it is hard to explain look it's almost like a book an open book um, it's got it looks, Jaguar a, colors, it looks like so a toy I can't it, trust it. it looks more like a yeah it looks more like a toy than than your normal you know, your normal console doesn't it it does it, it does. looks like um, a toy I would I would give it a little bit of props because I think it was almost the first console that almost took advantage of that idea of the kind of, you know, collecting uh, little bit like Skylanders, Amiibos, Disney Infinity, kind of that interesting concept of sort of collecting those additional cards and characters outside of the of the console. I think that's quite interesting. I do, do find it interesting that it seems to actually, it seems to be foldable. Yeah, I, I, it does. I don't quite understand why it does that. Maybe, maybe when you're not using the console, you fold it back. I guess that circular bits where you scan the discs or the cards, I guess, you know. Yeah. It's a weird looking thing. It is a weird looking open book. Mm. Right. Do you want number seven on the list? Yes. Our penultimate console we're going to cover today. So number seven is an interesting console called the Apple Pippin. Have you heard about this? No. It rings I mean, I a bell, of, but I don't... I heard Apple called a Pippin. 
yes. for console. Yeah, you're right. There are Apple types of apples called the Pippin. Uh, Dilsey, what do you think of the Apple Pippin? The Pippin apple, it's very tasty. <laughs> nice. It is a tasty apple, but it's also a games console released by Apple. Have you heard of Apple before? The game, the 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 the, the company. Um, I've never before, heard no. of them. No, who are they? <laughs> Some little startup out of California. Arguably the most <laughs> the most uh, valuable branded company in the world, the most valuable company in the world. I think it's been taken Best away. Best public Amazon. stock bet of all time. Am I correct in saying this? It, it used to be. It used. To, I think Amazon might have taken over very recently. But if it's, you it's, like, but if you invested in Apple in two thousand, like say a thousand pounds, you'd be a multi-millionaire by now. In two thousand. Yeah. We should have done. Um, and actually, if you saw the Apple Pippin, you would not buy shares in Apple at the time because it wasn't <laughs> a particularly popular or successful console. Have what you year did it come out? 1996. Ooh, uh, the bad period of Apple, yeah? yeah the Newton was... period of Apple. Do you remember it the Apple was... Newton? <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I it was like, you've got a little pen you can write in the screen, but it never worked properly. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it was before, a joke in the Simpsons. It was, it was that. It, yeah, no terrible. Oh, now how many? Actually, before I go, how many consoles of the Mattel Hyperscan were sold? I've got a number here. Ooh, ten thousand. Eight thousand. Five thousand. Um, I think it was Dylan that went ten thousand. He's spot on the money. It's about ten thousand units. So well done. Um, right back to the Apple Pippin. Looks like quite a nice machine, actually. Quite a nice white color. Uh, the controller looks like a boomerang. I think we're fair to say. It does look like a boomerang. I was thinking it that too. It's a weird-looking uh, controller. The console looks alright. Or a right. banana. Um, this is interesting. Apple. They're not. They're not stupid. They wanted to make a console. They thought, you know, this is an interesting growing industry. But they wanted to make the platform open standard by licensing the technology to third parties. I think that's a little bit similar to what 3DO. I was thinking that worked so well for the 3DO. How could this possibly fail? Well, Rob, um, how many con how many copies of this console were sold? I've got a number here, actually. I'm going to say 15. <sighs> it must have been incredibly low. 15,000. Dilsey? Uh, 2,000. I've gone really low. That's a bit low. James? I'm going to go 5,000 again. 42,000. Woof, what? But it was discontinued in 1997. So the Apple Pippin was named for the Newton Pippin, a real apple. Do you guys know that? There's a real apple called the Apple yep. Pippin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's more it's smaller and more tart, but it's relative to the Macintosh apple. Do you know that, guys? <laughs> Welcome to the Apple podcast, where we talk about types of apples. <laughs> 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 off, hashtag off a tangent much yeah um, but apparently apple the company now they intended the pippin to be more than just a platform for game consoles i've got a quote here from apple themselves it says here apple believes that over time pippin will take many forms including home telecommunication devices and much more apple did not want to choose a name that would be specific for certain market space as it will certainly appeal to many types of consumers and be shipped in a variety of forms from many manufacturers. Pretty cool, eh? And then yeah. they launched the App Store and completely nuked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. But in 1994, they announced the Pippin in, in, in Tokyo, and they, they, uh, they launched a big partnership with Bandai. There you go. So the white-coloured Bandai Pippin, the one that I showed you a picture of, is probably the most famous. And uh, it was bundled with a dial-up modem and four bundled titles. Um, they predicted that 200,000 Pippin 
systems will be sold in Japan within the first 12 months. They were wrong. They were wrong. But luckily for them, a black colored Bandai Pippin Atworld went on sale in the United States in 1996 at a price of $600. And again, it was bundled with a six-month unlimited internet account from PSI Net. Um, and that was successful, wasn't it? No. It wasn't. Uh, but <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily for Apple, Cats Media, spelled with a K, with a Z at the end, Cats Media, based in Norway, they came in and they became the second and last company to sign a license agreement with Apple to produce the Pippin system. And they wanted to focus their console in the European and Canadian market. Good for, good for them. Good for them, but not. <laughs> I can't believe we said the exact same thing at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. That's twice we've done that, Rob. We got this. It's, a, roll, yeah. it's a funny system. The app, the, the Pippin, apparently, it can run. It, it run. It ran on a modified Macintosh OS board. Uh, it was pitched to consumers as an affordable computer, but didn't come with a keyboard. Instead, Apple had its Apple Jack controller. That's what they call uh, it. Uh, oh I know, one of the most awkward feel forms of, of controllers ever made. Um, Why I mean, Apple stock was once so low? Ugh. Hey, the Pippin helps you, Rob. They were like, yeah, Rob, please invest in Apple. We're going to release the Pippin just so it's so low and you can make you make him become a millionaire. But how much did... So look, it says here $600, whereas a PS, a PlayStation at the time was about $300. Terrible. How many games were made for the Apple Pippin? Five. Oh, God. Rob says five. Twelve. <laughs> I've got here 25. So 25 oh. games came out for the thing. Uh, the best game on the system, I've done a little bit of research. Oh, my God, that's more than, that's more than the Jag CD, dude. It, it is more than the Jag CD. <laughs> um, their best-known game is probably Bungie's game. You know, Bungie, you make... They make Halo, don't they? They made a game yep. called Marathon. Never heard of it, but apparently, and actually, I was I was doing a little bit of a YouTube look on this, and there was a game. There was quite a few little games I saw, you know, and there was an FPS game. I couldn't get the name of it, but it looked quite good. But apparently, Marathon was the best game. But Steve Jobs came in, and the party pooper that he was, he axed the project when he returned to Apple in 997. What do you reckon about that? Does Steve Jobs know oh. about Apple or products or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's it's a bit of a shame. It's a bit sad. It's a funny looking thing. Apple, to be honest, they've got the money. To, they, they have got the money and the, the clout to uh, re-enter the console market. Do you reckon it would happen? No. You know what? That's actually... No, the, that's... So go ahead. Go on, I was going to say, they, they, they've never, ever been synonymous with gaming, have they? Let's be honest. One of the big jokes is that, that you don't buy an Apple computer for gaming. So I don't know. I, they could if they really, if they. I mean, you know, their marketing power and their, they they could. They know they could. But yeah. I mean, it, this just not their focus. They they would just they would never go down that street. I don't think. And also, the amount they invest in the app store and all, all of the proprietary apps they got on there and the games and things that go through all the vetting and whatnot. They wouldn't spend all that time and money on that and then create a console because it would just create a conflict. I think. But yeah, they could, but they won't. It's funny, right? Because con like the modern day console is essentially like a gaming PC, isn't it? It's like a standalone gaming PC that, that plays like that 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 kind of level of game. Apple made the Mac Mini 
I've got one, I think, and you literally just hook it up to a TV and you've got a computer and it's all right there. So all they'd need to do is modify that slightly and they'd have a games console. That's the that's the ridiculousness of it. So they like they're like this close to doing, but they I don't think they'd never do it. But the Mac Mini is like literally it what it's like um it's about fifteen, it's about twenty centimeters by twenty centimeters. Yeah. It is it's, a it's, it is a it is a proper like you know when it was released it was relatively high spec um computer hooked up yeah, to your telly so. remember, remember selling loads of them i think they were between about four and five hundred quid and they um, were bargain. they were yeah. oh, you know on many many occasions it was it was the affordable apple you know it was like oh i can get a, i can buy an apple computer without having to spend 1500 to 2000 pound you know mm-hmm. and you'd hook them up to a monitor it doesn't have to be an apple you know an apple apple screen a tv man um, just look up to yeah, a tv exactly. it's got yeah, tv yeah. a monitor whatever you whatever you had handy and that was it you were ready to rock and roll do you know what I mean and and that was i think that was the appeal for, for it but yeah they could modify it. i just think that they probably i don't know i don't know what their thoughts are in terms of the the gaming market whether they're too too afraid to take on the you know the giants but i don't know be interesting sort of topic to find out if anyone's ever ever spoken about it in their ranks but you know Apple are so secretive then that you you don't really get much out of them do you these days I think it's a, I, I think not only will they I think it's only a matter of time and I'll tell you why number one Apple have never been shy to kind of go like outside of their kind of core area to go into new stuff like, oh, they, tra- they tried launch, they tried launching Apple <laughs> <laughs> core they, area they, oh, they, they tried launching Apple TV and yeah that was a failure but like that was the failure of execution not of ideas and like they've tried they, obviously they've had like the Apple kind of the iTunes music kind of service for years I think if you look and look at what kind of, kind of companies like Microsoft or Tencent have like done kind of diversifying to gaming it's really only a matter of time like it's there for the taking and they have so much money apple have so much money on hand it would be very difficult for them to fail at this i'm not saying they they can't or won't fail but i think it is only a matter of time before they actually make an effort to go into that and i don't think it's gonna be a console as such i think they're gonna gonna hook it up with um like uh all their kind of existing kind of properties because like man apple have so many like hardcore apple fans we're going for anything pretty much and i think mm. yeah. if you can make it ha- like a stadia thing couldn't they they could have a stadia thing but yeah. obviously they'd have the bonus of having all the all the other itunes stuff and everything else around it so they could just yeah. do something like that i mm-hmm. think they'll get it they'll get into gaming in a way but it won't be a console it'll be something like steam like the apple version of steam. yeah like yeah like stadia yeah so basically you, you don't own the console you're literally just streaming it yeah. So, like, you pay, a, they might charge a subscription or something like that. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah, or yeah, they, they finally yeah. release the Apple P- Pippin CD add-on peripheral. That's what it'll or be. Or they finally off. get the CD add-on peripheral for the Pippin, and the Pippin is a Pippin, success. Pippin 23 reduced. years later. Yeah, 23 years later, it's <laughs> finally a success. It's, yeah. uh, it is a CD thing already, but it's like a double CD, you know? Double CD. Pippin, yeah. Pippin peeled back. But, more important yeah, everyone wants cds in this day and age <laughs> <laughs> more important than that question what is your favorite type of apple is it a is it a newton apple which is a more tart and smaller uh, apple do you like a royal gala for example or a pink lady i'm oh, the british cox apples mate Granny Smith all the way i want a dark green i want it like kind of sour and tart granny smith oh, yeah. great rob likes a bit bit of tart and and you like james you like the Bit of, bit of British cocks, mate. Dilsey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
James, James loves <laughs> British cocks. Yeah. Um, Rob likes a tart. I like a bit of cocks. I've always been a fan of a pink lady. Let's be honest. <laughs> given my track record. <laughs> Oh yeah. my god, the tone oh. is just dropping. Well, that's well, this is what I know. They want to know what apple tastes. Actually, do you know what? I don't like apples. I hate the I hate when people crunch into apples. I don't like the texture. I like the taste of apples. I like apple juice, but that that feeling in my mouth, I just don't like. Yeah, oh, no, it's that crunch. Oh, honestly, it's one of my phobias. So, um, it's actual phobia. It's not a phobia, but it, it makes. I'm going to come at you with an apple tomorrow. I'm going to oh, like yeah. throw an apple. I'm going to go window. get one now. Have you ever seen me eat an apple? I think the answer is no. There's many things I haven't to seen. To be fair, how many how many people have I actually seen eating an apple? I could probably count on. Well, I'm not no one of them. I'm not. Like Adrian, I've never seen you go to the toilet. I suppose I'm where I haven't seen you go to the toilet, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure you do go to the toilet. <laughs> Busted. Adrian Adrian hasn't gone to the toilet since oh, the Pippin was released. No, he wait, just go. He just goes once a week now. for twenty minutes. <laughs> Well, guys, before we get into some crazy Apple shenanigans any further, let's should we, should we talk about our final crazy console of the day. Hit us. It's a lovely looking console. I think it's a weird looking thing, but actually, I re- out of all the five I covered today, this is obviously the fifth one. I think it's the one I, I'd like the most. It's called the Telstar Arcade, and it was released in 1977. I sent you a couple of pictures. I think one inside and one outside the box. It's a really odd-looking machine. What do you, what do you, what, how would you describe it, ladies and gents? Do you know what it looks like? It looks like, what's that Master of the Universe character? Oh, many, many faces? Like, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, he turned around and it'd be something, di- a different kind of face. That's what this console <laughs> looks like. Yes. It's, um, it's wicked, because it's got, like, all the different types of arcade thing you can do on it. Tell our listeners, <laughs> they can't see, Dylan. Okay, oh, like, they, this, okay. I, I can say, this console is basically... a a brown plastic triangle <laughs> and like uh on one end it has like a, a gun and a holster like so you can play light gun games on another end it has um like a steering wheel and like a gear stick so you can play yeah. racing games and like the third one it has just two it has multiple like kind of knobs you looks like rollerball maybe yeah. or something or you like know, you know what control panel or something of? You know those, you know those, uh, like theme parks and, and things like that, where you go and you put in like you put in like twenty p, and you could drive the little remote control boats. Yeah, yeah. you know the little remote control boats in the little pool yeah. of water. The steering wheel and the gear stick look exactly like that, but except it's got a gun on it, which obviously you didn't have at theme parks when you were driving boats on a little lake. No. <laughs> I love those lake games. Oh, I love they were so good. This this is an amazing looking machine. Yeah, it's like 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 you say, guys, a brown triangle, and you could like switch it around quite easily and play different types of games. There's a shooting game. There's like a pong sort of breakout game. You can sort of twist the knobs, and it's a, a driving game. So how the hell did this fail? Well, no, no. Well, let, let, no, actually, I would ask James. I'm gonna guess the answer is spectacularly. No. <laughs> to be fair, my list was the most craziest consoles. I didn't say the most fail. You know, the biggest oh, fail. Oh, oh, technically. Would, would... Sorry for being so cynical. Well, yeah, James. Please continue. It was a failure, shall we? Well, the Coleco Telstar brand, there you go, is a series of dedicated first-generation home video game consoles produced, released, and marketed by uh, Coleco from 1976 to 1978. So, you know, two years, but still. They actually started with a Pong clone, not the one we're talking about now, uh, in 1976. But they released, I find this incredible, 14 consoles released in that series so in two years they must have released 14 different variants um 
<laughs> the first console, to be fair to it, sold over a, a million units, which is really impressive, especially when you think about the, the you know 1976. But the one I want to focus on was that was the Telstar Arcade. You know, most people call it, yeah, it's it's a first generation console, 1977 in Japan. Uh, it is the it was at the time the most advanced video games console in in the series and it is formed like a triangle and every side are game specific controls so a side with a steering wheel a side with a light gun and a side with two paddles depending on the game you played the player may use different sides and the 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 the, the, the cartridges there's a bit up here uh silver colored cartridges each contain an mos technology mps uh, 7600 x chip uh, would go on the top of the console. There's only four cartridges released for the console itself, though. Only four games. So cartridge one, which was the road race game, spoiler alert, you, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. you, you could use, you use the, the gun for that one. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. It's a one-player okay. game. There's also a tennis game, like a Pong, cl uh, Pong clone, which was two to four players, which I don't quite understand how it would work. Um, <laughs> and also a quick draw game, which I assume is a shooting game, one to two players. Cartridge two, 2 had hockey, literally called hockey. Then there was a tennis game, a handball game, and a target, which was a one-player game. Uh, cartridge 3 had bonus pinball. don't know why I call it bonus pinball. Shooting gallery, shoot the bear. That's what the game was called. Okay. And deluxe pinball. There you go. And the final cartridge of the console, the first game was called Naval Battle. Uh, blast away and speedball. So there you go, Bitmap Brothers starting early there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if that was the same speedball. I doubt very no, much. No, definitely not. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, speedball releasing the Telstar Arcade exclusive game. Um, it'd be like you know, it'd be like the gaming equivalent of John Bon Jovi starting out in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, you know, yeah. John, that was how John Bon Jovi first like became kind of known is that he was in the Star Wars Holiday Special, the infamous oh, wow. late '70s like kind of TV thing, which I re is on YouTube. It's on YouTube somewhere, and I recommend everyone watch it because it's insane. That's crazy. That is crazy. I I like the look of this thing. I think it's in your face. It's got that kind of brown. It's got some wooden paneling. I don't know if it's fake wood or not, but it looks proper '70s. If I'm being honest. Uh, it looks an unusual shape. The cartridge is a weird sort of triangular shape. I like the look of it. Um, I like it too. If, I do. if Barry White was a games console. Well, exactly. If I could choose any of these consoles, it might be the Laser laser Active, truthfully. Or, if it's not Laser Active, I'm going to definitely go for the Telstar Arcade, personally. Have you yeah, got any I want this favorites? one. I want this one. Which one? The Telstar Arcade, man. <laughs> it's like an arcade in your own house. Come on. I mean, the graphics won't be brilliant right now. Let's be blunt about it, but still. You know? Come on. <laughs> Did you enjoy my rundown of the first five craziest consoles ever released? You learn I mean, something every day, and I'll tell you what. Cracking list. I can't the wait for part two. Yeah, well, the hype levels for part two are like off the chart. Through the mate. roof. Through the roof. Um, before we go, and this is not this, I'm being a real bad boy now because this is not a new console. And, and and you know Kev, good old Kev Meister, he shared he shared this, and I thought I'll share it because we love to share gaming stuff. There was a new peripheral discovered only recently for the Game Boy. Have you heard about this? Quite an interesting story. No, go on. The Work Boy, the Work Boy. So it's a peripheral made for the original Game Boy that was literally, uh, you know, how would I explain it? So it's. It's um, it's only people have only discovered this 28 years after its intended release. Never released, obviously. The device 
developed by Source Research and Development and produced by Fabtech Incorporated, was to be an official Nintendo-sanctioned perifer peripheral that would turn the, the groundbreaking handheld into a PDA. So functions would include a phone book, uh, conversions for currency, measurements, a clock, calculator, basic financial tracking, and even references for global travel. It connected to the system via the, the link cable port and consisted uh, of a little more than a QWERTY keyboard with an independent speaker, like a mini keyboard you can attach to your Game Boy. Nice. It was never really, and it was only discovered in the last few weeks. It came out to light. Pretty crazy, eh? So basically, it was like a PC, but with a like a screen that's maybe one tenth of the size <laughs> yeah. and like one tenth of the and power with one tenth of the power yeah. who needs an iphone who needs i'll show you a picture i'm just going to share a picture with you guys while our listeners hold on tight blah blah blah. share it to the chat see what you guys think of that there it is there's a picture there yeah a little a really yes. it's cute isn't it a little keyboard i like it yeah I would definitely do my work on that game, boy. Definitely. Yeah, I'm on it. Well, that's my internet shopping sorted for the next... Uh, for the and next then day, you yeah. attach the printer on it and you don't need anything else in your life, do you? Can you imagine the 3D, you know, the Game Boy printer? Oh, yeah, the, the printer. Print yeah, there you go. <laughs> print boy. The print boy. <laughs> well, look, guys, obviously that is that is the, my first five craziest consoles. And in a few months, we'll hear the next five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but in between now and then, you know, look, don't think that we're going to be sitting on our laurels. We all have our own kind of stuff going on, like uh, Dylan's getting his transcendental meditation. Uh, you know, like uh, I, I have my alcoholism to contend with, and uh, nice. you know, Keith has met some uh, interesting Japanese conceptual artists who I'm sure will only bring everyone in the pod closer together. <laughs> Everything Rob says is true. Yeah, everything, true. everything he says is gospel. <laughs> he hasn't picked on me yet, so I'm not I'm going to keep stem. <laughs> yes, I've, got, I've, got, I've got three boys to continue schooling in the ways of the retro, so I've got, I've got my hands tied. Well, look, guys. Yeah, uh, yes, mate. Well, Adrian, uh, Adrian, like, has decided that he wants his father-in-law to manage like the group, but I don't know if the rest of us are on board with that. So we'll see how that turns out. Exactly, we've got a bit exciting hate. times ahead, eh? Exciting times ahead. Watch this space, huh? Well, what I'd say is, you know, we're, we're going to come back stronger than ever. Please don't unsubscribe. Please don't abandon us. I know if anyone's listening, go, oh, we, we hate, <laughs> we hate our good attack now. <laughs> we hate our good they're, 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 they're bullies. They should be, they should keep us, keep us entertained. Uh, please give us a little bit of slack. We'll come back. Maybe go back to the, the previous episodes. Maybe start from the beginning. There's more than 200 episodes. Um, any final thoughts before we say au revoir and uh, we'll have a little break and we'll come back in a couple of months. What do you reckon, guys? I've, I've absolutely loved being part of it for the short time that I have. Love listening to it. And you know what? Let's keep the fire burning. Let's keep playing the games and let's keep bringing it. Yeah, bringing the A game. So I'm looking forward to, to coming back and I'm looking forward to brewing up a few ideas and catching up with you guys again. So, That's pleasure and gym, privilege. The Jimbo speaking there. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Yeah, what James said, absolutely. Let's bring it back. But, yeah. Don't leave us. Backstreet's back. All right. <laughs> it, gives, it gives us an excuse to uh, sing more Backstreet's songs, to be fair, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, the first thing we have to sing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, be honest. I don't really care if this is here or not. Like, we're still gonna be as awesome as ever. So you can, <laughs> oh, be, you can be on the arcade track train, or you can be off it. But 
Hey, like best role. You're not on. Best you're role. gonna be missing out. Well, Rob, we should end with a bit of karaoke from you because it's been as you're so passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. I, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that on Reconnect. I'm not gonna do it on this either. No. Ah. Well, look, mysterious as, as the very wise men of the Backstreet Boys once said, "Backstreet's back, all right. Arcade Attack will be back, all right." 